we appreciate you all, so this goes to you and to the team for all the hard work we put in day in and day out. <laughs> we about to get it in, baby. Let's get it. Welcome to the first emergency podcast of the Boyd Meets World era. Normally, these uh, these episodes are breaking down a specific topic, a specific week, a win or a loss. Uh, but this one is is going to be different, and this one's just me talking about the end of the Chris Peterson era uh, at the University of Washington. Chris Peterson announced today that he would be resigning as head coach of the football team um, after six very successful seasons as head coach, taking this program to heights it had not been for uh, more than a couple of, of decades. Um, six years before Chris Peterson had started, the Huskies were 0-12, and um, <laughs> Now we are disappointed that the season might end in eight wins. So lots has changed in, in the time uh, from, from then to now. Life comes very fast. We knew nothing about this. Uh, this was kept under wraps publicly very, very well. Um, who knows how much anyone knew outside of Chris Peterson and for how long. Um, but uh, but regardless, this, this next 10 or 15 minutes or so will be just digesting what happened because uh, it's it's big news for a lot of different reasons. It's the end of something and the start of something at the same time, which uh, which means there's a whole heck of a lot to talk about. I wanted to start um, with a sincere thank you to this era, and it sounds weird to just say that out loud, but um, for, on a personal note, I have a podcast. I consider myself somewhat of a, of a hobby, this, this to be somewhat of a hobby in a lot of ways because of Chris Peterson. Uh, Stan and I started doing this um, after the 2016 season. The 2017 season had been going well enough that it warranted us talking about it. So that got he and I started to doing it week to week, um, which got me more, more and more into it, learning much more about the whole you know, business side of it, um, how things work, what good sound is, what good topics are, what, what a good agenda is, what good interview questions are. Um, so, you know, it, we call it our kind of pot. It's based off of his trope about our kind of guy. Um, so, you know, for that, we have Peterson to thank. Um, so it is weird that this is over um, as, as this continues to go. Um, but Chris Peterson took this program from legitimacy because I think that's what what Steve Sarkeesian established uh, in his time at UW uh, to contention. And like I said, something that that just wasn't possible um, even a decade ago from when, you know, Chris Peterson, from when Steve Sarkeesian, his first game at Washington um, against LSU and people were ecstatic because we scored at the end of the game to make it 31-17 or whatever it was. Um, to where it is now, where, you know, you're expected to, if you're going to play a team like LSU, you might as well beat them. So that's a, that's a marked change, uh, from, from then to, to now. And, and Peterson's work has, has, uh, has been a huge part of that. He put us in a position to compete, uh, on the field, which I think had huge ramifications for, for the rest of the program and the university as a whole. I'm not entirely sure that this partnership with Adidas would look anything like what it does without the success of the football team. Um, if this is a eight win football team and the contract with Nike expires, you may be able to sign a deal with Adidas, but, uh, the, uh, the TLC that this, this program has received from Adidas so far and will continue to receive um, I think is a testament to uh, how how much of a power the the football team established themselves as um, in the the last few years here. I think the the most the best part of it, I guess, with with Peterson is that he didn't do it with flash and with with 
you know, uniforms or spread offense that had, you know, very loud pieces to it or top 10 recruiting classes. But um, in a lot of ways, it was done with details, uh, focusing on how things are going to be done and how they're going to be done every single time. Consistent, excellent play, I think, in a standard of, of really high conduct for players, um, created this environment where eight wins is a disappointment. And and that is something that um, I think a lot of programs might overlook. You want to go for the, the cheap, easy way to build it up. And when Chris Peterson first started, uh, I think, you know, for how much talent was left over from that, from that Steve Sarkeesian roster, Marcus Peters, um, you know, Danny Shelton, all those guys that were on that team, uh, you expected to, for them to compete right away. And he completely took that first year to just say, we're going to establish things the way that we want it to be. You know, I, I think every person in the fan base was clamoring for Casey Williams to get the ball, but, um, you know, unfortunately for Kaysen, he wasn't in the long-term plans. And so therefore it was more important to establish the younger guys, the Jaden Mickens, the, um, you know, the, the Dante Pettises, those guys bring them in, um, be, build that before you start worrying about immediate results. And we're seeing the, the fruits of that, uh, or saw the fruits of that, uh, a few years down from that. So again, uh, uh, starting with this with a thank you before we get into actually breaking down what happened here because it's a little confusing. Uh, the quote from Peterson, I think from, from today's press release from UW, there'll be a press conference tomorrow where I'm sure we'll learn a lot more, um, or at least hear some more from Peterson. Uh, but the quote from the press release where he says, I'll be a Husky for life, but now is the right time for me to step away from my head coaching duties and recharge. So first of all, no idea about what is happening in the personal life. Um, you know, the guy's 55. That's right when you may have kids that are starting to, you know, go to college. You might have uh, problems with your own parents in terms of their health. Uh, your health might even be be questionable at that point. So uh, it's important to, to think, you know, there, there's other extenuating circumstances here other than he might just be done with with coaching UW, which, you know, is entirely possible, uh, or at least part of the picture, but there might be other stuff. Outside of that, if you're taking that statement on its face, the word recharge, I think, is is the most potent that's that's in that sentence. Um, I'm glad that if if Chris Peterson's willing to say that and and feels that, that he did step away. Uh, he needed it in a lot of ways it's admirable for someone uh, in a position where it looks like they have everything going for them to say, I need to step back and they, I'm, I'm pushed beyond my limits here. And, uh, you know, it's, it's no longer beneficial for me and therefore the entity that I'm working for. Uh, so yes, that's right. Doug Gottlieb. It's not just a millennial thing to do, uh, to shift gears because things get tough. I am happy for Chris Peterson, the, the person, uh, to take inventory then of his own energy and make a decision about his own quality of life. Um, and if, if he said that, there's no way that I would want him to, to continue coaching. If he actually, if he didn't say that, right. If, if these words didn't come out and he just pushed through, but he felt depleted, then you're, the, the ripple effect is, is, is on the team. And so in a lot of ways, this is anything but selfish or selfish. This is selfless for, for Peterson to, to come in and do this, um, at, at this juncture when, you know, I think the shock and awe of the moment from, from everyone reacting to this, uh, says exactly how difficult this decision must have been for him. I think with Peterson, one of his mantras was always the, the built for life, right? It was, he was, he said it proudly, um, and probably to the detriment of, of Marcus Peterson's tenure at Washington, right? The built for life. This is about more than one season, more than, um, more than, you know, your, 
just football career because that will end. It's how are you shaped up uh, after the fact. And, you know, that's that's nice on a T-shirt. Um, but in this moment, you're seeing Chris Peterson, I think, live that out um, where there's, uh, you know, if you looked at his life as he's just a football coach, why would he ever leave? He has a great, great thing going. This is all he ever wanted. Um, that's fine. But if you look at someone uh, in their t- totality of everything, what are they doing? And that's what we're looking at here, right? Everything else in comparison to football just didn't add up for whatever reason. So um, he's living out his own edict of this is bigger than football built for life. I don't necessarily smell BS in any of this. I don't think that there's some other job that he may take. Uh, I might be foolishly wrong and this these words will be uh, thrown in my face eventually, but um, I do think at least for the time being that this is just a, a hiatus, a, a complete step away moment because um, he needed it. We can head over to speculation corner though, if we, if we do want to, because I think uh, that's fair in this moment to think about uh, the things that may have led to this, um, you know, the clues that are left along the way. My first th- thought with this is that he, if this is all true and the recharge point is salient, um, this might have been his conclusion, even if he had stayed at Boise, uh, no matter what job he had had. Uh, coaching college football is incredibly difficult and it is getting harder and harder, uh, because you are catching up with each, you know, new, new recruiting classes, generational quirks and things about them that, that make it more difficult to A, attain them as, as players at your university, uh, and then B, coach them once they're there. So that's difficult. And that's before they even, you know, put pads on and play football. Uh, but between the media obligations as well, the stewardship of the program, you know, the, the donor aspect of it, which is a real, um, grind, I'm sure on, on a guy like Chris Peterson, who's asked to do a lot of things to talk to a bunch of different people to, uh, put pen to paper for, you know, nice checks that help out the program. Um, there's that part of it. Social media dealing, constantly dealing with that aspect of it. Um, whether or not that was your, motive to get involved with that to be heavily involved with social media. I'm sure he's getting pushed in a whole bunch of different directions to constantly be on top of that and to be more of that. But um, at a certain point, that's just not your game. So, you you know, it's it's kind of a grind. Uh, Deadspin last summer uh, called Peterson out for his own hypocrisy with the transfer portal. You know, you say a lot, you have firm edicts and you believe them and you say them. Uh, but at a certain point in college football, you're just going to live long enough to be a hypocrite. And uh, he was kind of in that situation where he said that, you know, if, if, if someone who transfers from, from their school uh, is kind of tapping out, and then meanwhile you are bringing Jacob Eason on, um, who had left Georgia because of a difficult situation, and one that if you read your quote and, you know, if Jacob Eason follows that advice, you don't have him as your quarterback. So that's difficult. Um, I know when Billy Donovan, the uh, current coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder, former coach of, of the University of Florida basketball team, um, took the job with the Thunder, so leaving college basketball where he was um, an elite, elite coach, leaving it for the NBA, he said that he was wasting so much time on people who would never play for him, right? So you're constantly on the recruiting trail talking to 60 different kids who might play for you and three of them sign with your program and it's just so much time invested um, on those kids that don't end up coming there that that can just be a huge drain on you and something that you don't want to have in your life anymore 
Now, I'm not insinuating that Chris Peterson is going to make a similar default to the NFL level, but um, that is something to, to kind of think about with the context of this is just how much time is spent on stuff that isn't football. Uh, and when you are going from Boise to Seattle, that's especially true. But even if he was still a Boise, it's just a reality being a college football coach uh, in 2019. My next question is, is when was this all figured out? Right. There were no immediate tells. You know, Stan and I talk about this team every week. We talked about the quotes he had after the Colorado game. Nothing in those quotes tells me that he had any intention of leaving. Right. Like that he was talking about this all getting straightened out, the offense, you know, we'll figure out a way. All of that was with the, um, you know, tongue in cheek part of it that I'll be here for that. That's this is this is something that I'm invested in to to turn this around. Um, but something this momentous does feel like it was, uh, a product of a lot of thought. And obviously it waited until after the season, after the Apple Cup, uh, before this news breaks. There's a certain cycle to these things with, with college football coaching where, uh, you want to get this stuff figured out sooner rather than later for a guy like Jimmy Lake, who would be sought after as, as a head coach or a coordinator somewhere else, uh, to get everything set in stone. It just, you know, begs, begs to wonder when, when was this decision made? Was this, uh, I woke up on Sunday and, you know, the Apple Cup dust settled and I just still wasn't feeling it. Or was this something that Chris Peterson had thought about for a long time? We might find out more tomorrow. That being said, there are some clues for sure. I think Jimmy Lake staying at Washington as long as he did, uh, despite the success he had, despite the fact that he was a clear, uh, candidate for bigger jobs, uh, coordinators at different positions or at different schools. Namely, Alabama uh, definitely could have been a head coach at some point or at, at, at some school by this point. Um, so him sticking around in Washington, cont- continually bending over to to make it happen for him to keep him there, uh, makes it seem like this is a a well thought out succession plan rather than a um, kind of year to year reevaluation process. So that's that was a very interesting thought. Obviously, Chris Peterson had talked much about with his own players that there's life after football. He obviously was was living that out himself. Um, but then I think you just have to ask, even from from Zen and I doing this podcast, really, how much joy was there the last couple of years with this Husky program? Once they made it to the Peach Bowl and lost Alabama um, and set that expectation that you are a national powerhouse and this is where you need to be, you need to be winning the conference, you need to be in New Year's Six games, you need to be in the playoff playoff hunt every single year, boy, that doesn't get any fun, right? I mean, I, I can't tell you how how little fun it looks like when Nick Saban coaches, right? Because Nick Saban coaches with a different um, heavy blanket on his shoulders than than perhaps others do. And with, with Chris Peterson at Boise, I don't think that there was this culture of being okay with losing, um, but there was a certain... Um, acceptance to the, the limitations of that program. And once you now have established these great expectations of the new program, coaching under them is, is, uh, I ha- would have to imagine burdensome. And I, I didn't see much joy from him, um, in, in the public moments, um, throughout these last few years. You know, now you're in a situation where people are upset because you are losing New Year's Six games to really, really good teams. Um, you know, Stan and I could both raise our hands for being those types of people, but, um, you know, feeling like you are indebted to these, these big time performances against big teams when it's like, that's the pinnacle of college football. Everyone's trying to get there. And if you're not there, uh, join the club because there's a lot of teams that would like to, to at least be sniffing in that, in that vicinity where you're playing in those types of games. 
Um, and then also just the types of questions he receives week after week. And a lot of this is a product of, of, you know, things that he's put in place, but, uh, the processes that he, that they have for calling plays and, uh, the people that he's put in place to call them. I mean, between Jonathan Smith and Bush Hamden, it's basically been a revolving door of questions about, uh, the offense's capability to keep up, um, for the better part of, of, you know, three or four consecutive seasons. Uh, which is really difficult and, and, and grinding, I'm sure. So it's just speculation that all of those things may have uh, contributed to this, this need to, to get out now, um, and to resign. Uh, who knows what this, this, you know, advisory role, leadership role will look like if, if, if really anything other than, than nominally. Um, but, uh, I, I just think that it was time for him to get out of the, the, uh, pure coaching uh, role that he was in just from a, a, a burden standpoint. My, uh, my biggest questions here, first of all, I would like to express a full vote of confidence in Jimmy Lake as, uh, as head coach of the, of the University of Washington. I think that his tutelage under Peterson, um, him sticking around for as long as he did under Peterson when he could have gone elsewhere, sought other opinions, sought other, um, mentors, if you will, shows me that he had uh, a clear vision or shows me that he wanted to model his program much in the same way, uh, that Peterson did and that he found, he found something, um, that was replicable and, and admirable, um, above him in Chris Peterson. But it did, you know, you have to wonder, he's, he's done an excellent job as defensive coordinator for this team, uh, for the, for the last few years. What is his vision? I remember when, when Steve Sarkeesian came to, to Washington as offensive coordinator, uh, from USC beforehand, uh, Sark came in and had literally <laughs> changed the way things looked at UW, right? The, the end zones were painted. Uh, the jerseys changed. We ran it from practice to practice. There was just things that were immediately palpable about, uh, his presence there. And, and with Jimmy Lake, he's been in the building for, for the greater part of five years, you know, probably staring at things that he wishes he could change, right? A wall that he'd want painted in a different color, that, that sort of thing. Um, so what are those changes going to look like? Because, you know, the complete status quo and trying to borrow from someone else's ethos of how they ran their program will never work over the, over the long term. So what, in what ways is, is Jimmy Lake going to put his own stamp on this program? Uh, I think is, is probably the most interesting thing to me and, and one that we'll, we'll hear, uh, through bits and pieces, I'm sure through press conferences, uh, both tomorrow and, and down the road. Um, the firings part of it, personnel, right? Obviously there's a, there's a big target in, in the building, um, that Husky fans, ourselves included, um, have called for for a long time now that, uh, it's time to move on from an offensive coordinator perspective. You know, does removing Chris Peterson from that, someone who is much more, um, tied to, to Bush Hamden from a long-term relationship perspective, does removing him out of that equation allow, uh, this to be an easier thing or does this kind of, ease the relationship. Um, I wouldn't be totally surprised if they kept Bush Hamden around because there's just some loyalty there that, uh, fortunate or unfortunate, it, it's just a reality of this. Uh, but how is this going to look, right? It, is, is Jimmy Lake going to, going to do it and going to move on? And if he does move on, what does that hire look like, right? Is that someone who's from this new age or back from the, uh, from Jimmy Lake's coaching tree? Um, how are these, these things can happen? And also there's going to be staff departures for sure. People who may have been blindsided by this. So whether it's Bush Hamden, uh, changing jobs or other vacancies in the coaching staff, uh, what are those going to look like? The embrace of analytics, I think is an important part of it. Do we still think stats are for losers? Um, I think that, that, that 
trope as as popular as it may be among the good old boys of college football uh, is hopefully going away and and we know Chris Peterson has been a silent advocate of of uh, of stats when they matter and, and analytics when they matter but uh, somehow still wanted to put them down publicly uh, is that going to be a staple of Jimmy Lake's program um, I also think that John Wilner put brought up a really good point um, a few weeks ago about how uh, assistant coaches in in the Pac-12 have don't really get a chance to have their voices heard uh, as often as head coaches do. Head coaches are required um, to have pre have post game conferences, midweek conferences, or press conferences, I should say. Um, but these offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, don't really. So we don't get to answer ask them direct questions or have reporters ask them direct questions about their philosophy on the game. And so with this, uh, we're going to learn a lot more about Jimmy Lake's total f- philosophy on football. Um, just by the sheer nature of him being in front of the microphone more often. Um, and I think that overall with the Jimmy Lake part of it, you know, the, 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 the drawback of, of bringing an assistant coach in to be a head coach is obviously the lack of experience, right? It's, it's a whole different ball game in terms of the, um, the, the demands on you, all the demands that may have made Chris Peterson want to leave this position, uh, are going to be true for Jimmy Lake. How does he handle those media included? Um, but then also, you know, what's his game management philosophy? Things that he does not have to think about now uh, are now very much a part of his job. But I do think that there's a really good case study for this um, on campus. You look at Mike Hopkins as a guy who uh, could have been an assistant or a career long assistant, uh, waited, 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 created his vision, had it in his head that he wanted to be a head coach someday, got this opportunity and now has built built the Huskies up. Uh, it took a little bit. Obviously, there was a there was a you know, semi-full cabinet with Husky basketball to turn it into a, a tournament team last year. Um, and Jimmy Lake will be under, you know, similar circumstances last year in terms of, t- or this year in terms of talent. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that idea that, that an assistant can build something is absolutely true. And there's been plenty of examples of this. I mean, look no, no further than how well Ohio State's doing this year uh, for that. It just might take a little bit of time. To, to figure out and especially with how stacked the schedule is next year against the Huskies um, that Jimmy Lake getting some equity is going to be important uh, but I am personally excited to see what his program is going to look like uh, how similar is it going to be um, in a lot of ways and then what are the, the variances going to be because I think you'll see both I think you'll see very um, similar ways that the program is run uh, but uh, there will be some some unique flavor to it uh, as there should be with anyone taking over a new entity Last thing that's important here uh, is just the Jacob Eason factor here. I could hear you out on either side if you tell me that that Jimmy Lake being the the head coach now matters somehow in changing Jacob Eason's mind to keeping him around one more year uh, or doesn't. Um, A, his mind could already be made up, right? He wants to be a charger next year, doesn't care, wants to play in the pros, get that started. Or B, he could want to stick around and see what this thing is going to look like. Uh, he committed to UW knowing that Bush Hamden was going to be the offensive coordinator, his offensive coordinator. Uh, so obviously he had a, a you know fairly high vote of confidence in Bush Hamden, uh, but he also lived with the effects of that. And also, you know, what does a 19-year-old transfer from Georgia know about what his offensive coordinator is really going to do for him? Um, so maybe with a little more experience under his belt, he'll he'll take that more into consideration. Um, but uh, it is worth thinking about is does this have any what is there anything between you know what just happened today the 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 outcome of the bowl game anything that would change Jacob Eason's mind 
uh, or is all of that already set in stone and predestined or predetermined by him basically the moment he left from Georgia that this was going to be a one-year experiment in Mall Lake. Last year uh, would be my favorite five Chris Peterson and Husky moments in his tenure, uh, and then we'll get out of here. In no particular order, I think being in Atlanta for the Peach Bowl against Alabama, um, the pregame of that helped everyone who was there in Atlanta feel the that you were there, that you were you you were on the stage. Um, obviously, the the results of that game showed you the distance between you and Alabama, but you're in this just insane system or situation where there's just the Dr Pepper tents and. Just the, the the grandeur of the uh, of a college football playoff game that you're somehow there and not just as a spectator but you're a part of this uh, was palpable and then just for that brief moment when the Huskies took a seven nothing lead and Dante Pettis caught a touchdown in that game and you had an edge on Alabama it was it was it was a, a really harrowing feeling um, to to feel the program take that big leap in that moment um, to, to exist at that level earlier that season whooping Stanford. I mean, I've never really seen a complete and thorough uh, statement and a rival game from a Husky football team like that. Uh, 44, six, I believe is the final off the top of my head, maybe 45, six um, on a, on a Friday night game in, at Montlake. Um, there was big expectations for, for that Stanford team quickly shut down by uh, number 14 ranked Washington that, that really hopped into the, the national scene as a result of that game. Uh, going back a season before that, going to USC, another Friday night game, uh, maybe Thursday, Friday, one of the two. Uh, either way, beating USC, uh, it was kind of the Miles Gaskin breakout party. Um, they very, uh, you know, prototypical version of the Husky offense at that point. Jake Browning really wasn't, um, you know, a, a downfield strike artist, not that he ever really became that, but um, at that point, just, you know, smoke and mirrors, a couple trick plays, really good defense. You started to see those guys, Sidney Jones, Kevin King, Buda Baker look like all Pac-12 players in that game, uh, getting that done. Obviously, the, the way the USC program went after that is, is uh, a different story, but um, that game was was really pivotal. Um the uh, the uh, day in the life video that Chris Peterson and, and company produced before this football season, where he, you know you see him in the Hawaiian shirt talking about his Yeezys, taking the boat out, it, uh, you know to to Mont Lake, uh, seeing that side of his character was was pretty funny. Um, not that he's a man completely full of character for the media purposes, at least, uh, but uh, him kind of getting in on the joke and and you know embracing full full dad. Was was great, and then the last one here. Uh, give me two numbers, two twenty one and eighty two. That would be the score of Chris Peterson's six victorious Apple Cups against Washington State. Um, Thirty one to thirteen, his first year um, in Pullman in two thousand fourteen. Uh, me and a bunch of friends were there for that. Uh, ends his Apple Cup career thirty one to thirteen. This time in Seattle, um, with a very very similar just kind of. You know, who knows what type of game it's going to be. Both teams aren't great, but pretty good. Uh, and then you show immediately in those games that you're ready to play uh, and that your defense has the answer uh, to Mike Leach's sorcery on the other side. Um, complete dominance of them. Jimmy Lake, uh, Jimmy Lake is obviously a big part of that story. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> a lot of people may want Jim Harbaugh gone 
essentially just because he has never beat Ohio State, and so you can never take that away from Peterson uh, that he uh, he held down the the board the state state wall very well uh, and always served it to to Wazoo uh, whenever he got the chance. That's it, at least for now. I'm sure more will come out as we um, we learn more about this. We hear from Peterson directly tomorrow at the at the press conference from Jen Cohen from Jimmy Lake uh, about what uh, what this this program is going to look like now. Um, but just wanted to reiterate the, uh, the 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 momentousness of this moment is is a product of what Peterson built here, and I think that the fact that we're not screwed and feeling like this is over is also a product of of what he built because um you know he made this a sustainable operation by keeping jimmy lake and and working to to make that happen and to make a succession plan uh, i think is a testament to how much chris peterson wanted to see this thing through uh not necessarily in a direct leadership role but um in in this way now as as uh transitioning this over to jimmy lake all right, that was a big solo riff there. Felt like a, <laughs> a real live radio host there for a second. Uh, appreciate you all listening. Um, you know, big day in the Husky, the, the, the program history for, for Husky football. Um, but uh, I hope that you are as um, appreciative of, of the Peterson tenure and as optimistic about uh, what is to come in the following seasons as I am. Go dogs.